Oh, hey there, folks. This is your host of Service from Hell, Kate Gaffney, and I am popping on here quickly to let you know this is, shockingly, another two-parter. The problem when you interview your friends is that you can talk to them forever and ever and ever, and this week is no exception. This week's guest is writer, director, and improviser Gracie Simmons, who joins us or graces us with her presence for two weeks because we could just talk and talk and talk. And Gracie moved to LA from Missouri, and I went to college in Missouri, and so we have a lot of reminiscing to do, even though we didn't know each other at that time. And so for this week and for next week you will hear gracie simmons as my guest thank you folks so much for listening let's get on with the show and then can you say i don't know what you just said yes p words please pizza pineapple penelope protruding it's so funny how many people say pizza pineapple penelope because i i always anyway i uh, love pizza so me too why not say it first simmons 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 Okay. With a D. With a D. Whenever you're ready, Annie, we just we're just trying to work over here. So look at her. Hold she's, for dog. Hold for dog. She's flipping my fucking shirts. Ma'am. Oh hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this, as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles, and at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So, let's eat! I'd like to welcome our guest, comic actor... Nope. Why did I say... Why is this your intro? Hold on. Oh, I didn't delete that. God damn it. I'm sorry. Like, I am funny. I am you a comic, I guess. And I do acting. Sure. If you want to add to my resume. What is... I made you a podcast host. Oh, what? that's lovely. Are You're you? just manifesting it I for am. me. I am. Oh, I've got too many things going on. Okay. Like- Go back, Kate. I'd like to welcome our guest, writer, director, and improviser, Gracie Simmons. Gracie moved to Los Angeles from Missouri, where she got her start in television by writing and performing on the Midwest's only late-night talk show, The Mystery Hour. She recently graduated from UCLA's director program and studied comedy at UCB and the Groundling School, where she currently still studies. When she's not performing, you can find her hanging out with her precious cat, Goose, and enjoying the only fast food in the world that matters, Taco Bell. Facts. They have gluten-free options. I love Taco Bell. Sponsor this podcast. That said, I better know Gracie from the small world that is entertainment in Los Angeles. So, Gracie, what got you into entertainment? Do you prefer writing or acting? Do you know what Ted Drews is? Tell us. That's four million questions all at once. Answer them all, Gracie. Right now, in order. (laughs) Okay, so I was thinking about this this week. Like, why did I decide to be a performer? And I do remember, I oddly remember, like, a lot of stuff from my childhood early days, but not so much from my adult life. (laughs) That's so relatable. Is that a condition? Should I have that looked at? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I remember I was at the airport. I was like two years old. And there was a couple that were making out. And it was upsetting me, uh, even as a toddler. And so I started to, I stood up on the chairs in the terminal and was like making fun of them. <gasps> and people were laughing. And I was like, I love this. Even at like two years old, I was like, they're into me. They like that I'm like roasting 
these other humans. How are you doing that? I like, was just like, that's so, I mean, as you know, I had a toddler vocabulary, but I'd be like, that's so dumb. Stop it. Nobody wants to see you kissing. I love it. At two. At two. That's impressive. Yeah. And so, so you, I caught the bug, I guess. Okay. And so then at what point did you, did you do theater in high school? Like what no. was your, no. It's, that's musicals and I cannot, absolutely cannot sing. Okay. So I was like, nah, no thanks. That's not for me. I did, I would just like write my own stuff like i would write episodes of my favorite tv shows and then make my sisters perform <laughs> that's awesome like what was your what was the show at the time oh you? it was it's much older than i am but the facts of life oh sure like it it started back up on like nick at night when yeah. i was in middle school and i was absolutely obsessed with it i still am and i would even like dress up as the characters and go to school in character i'll die and i would be, <laughs> be like but i only Blair is my favorite, but I look more like Joe. So I'd be like, you do you have to call me Joe Polnicek today. Like I would dress just like her and I would not respond unless the teacher or whoever <laughs> was calling me by my character's name. Oh, you were a nightmare <laughs> student. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. But yeah, that was my jam. That show was like everything. Everything. I did not me. know. I'm learning yeah. that in real time right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, and do you know what Ted Drews is? I threw that in there just no, in case. You that? don't. That's so specific to St. Louis. It's a custard. No, but I told you. I know Springfield. Louis. I know. That's why I asked. I was like, well, maybe, oh. maybe it's in Springfield. It's a, also they should sponsor this podcast. Uh, it's a custard that is, it'll ruin your life because it's the best, oh, really gotcha. basically ice cream in the world. But yeah, anyway. No, um, Springfield has Andes. Is that, is it custard? Yeah. That's like a big deal there i feel like custard is a missouri thing yeah. and there's various They're very proud of it yeah and they should be it's but delicious. if you ever have somebody from st louis on your podcast the like st louis question you always ask is what high school did you go to yep that's i've had it like that's thing, their whole thing for some reason uh-huh, i've had a couple of people where that they spoke to that and also yeah. what is it what are the pizzas that they're debating emos. between emos emos versus whatever who cares the who other cares? One doesn't matter <laughs> emos, emos <laughs> listen all of the food places we have mentioned so far i am accepting donations for <laughs> sponsoring this show okay i will just accept the food for free there you go we, we have a split okay so what which do you prefer writing directing or improvising oh gosh if i could get make my living just doing improv i would do it every moment really like if you were like go live on this cruise ship out in the middle of nowhere and just perform for these same people for the rest of your life yeah Really? That would be my, that's my dream. Improv over scripted? Over everything. Really? Over literally everything. When did you, when did you know, because improv is scary for most people. So when were you like, oh, improv over scripted theater? My very first improv class. Really? Yeah. Wow. I never even saw a show before I took a class. Really? Which I found out was weird. I didn't even think about it. It never occurred to me, like, go see a show and then just go take a class. It was like, take a class. And then they were like, oh, you should probably see some shows. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's an option. Yeah, 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 I'll do that. (laughs) Wait, where was your first show that you Um, saw? In Springfield. Oh, okay. They had a theater. So I had like Googled like improv near me and there was a theater there and there was classes starting like that week. So I immediately, I signed up for acting classes and improv classes in the exact same week. Girl. And started them and i was like that's 100%. too much no it was it was like i was really stagnant in my life at that period of time it was like after college and i was like i don't know what i'm doing i'm waiting for god to tell me and then i the second i started my class it was like god was like you're an idiot i literally created you to be like funny and Aww. and 
do acting and do all this silly great stuff so this is what you're supposed to be doing girl and I was like "Eh, okay (laughs) I love that a lot okay and so how did you know to even google improv because if you'd never Mm. seen a show how did you know it was a thing (laughs) I guess that sounds so weird so I read Tina Fey's book bossy pants well there you go because of course like she's the queen so let's support her and she was talking about how like she started at Second City and then moved on to being the head writer of SNL and did improv. And I was like, what in the world is improv? And so then I Googled it and I was like, oh, this looks fun. Yeah, let's, <laughs> I want to do that. I like that trajectory she took. I'll I'll go for it. Sure. I'll walk in Tina Fey's shoes. <laughs> Listen, you're laughing, but like, why why wouldn't we follow the blueprint of the people that have been yeah. successful ahead of us? Because there is no blueprint in right. entertainment. Oh, we need and that's something. that's so frustrating to yes. me. Yes. Because I'm yes. like, I could, you could be a doctor. You know exactly what to do. You go to school 45 years, then you do a residency, <laughs> and then you're a doctor. I've said this a hundred times. And you get, there is a beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Whereas with entertainment, you could go to Tish and have a great, be amazing, yeah. and work in a restaurant the rest of yeah. your life. It's insane. We're insane people okay and so you prefer improvising over everything so why then take a directing course because i had already done so much writing and i wanted to take more classes it was this was during the pandemic so it's like i wanted to take more classes and then i was debating doing their writing program or their directing program and then a friend of mine was like you already know so much about writing do directing and like see what that is and so i was like yeah that's a really good point like i'll just do that and i loved it so much okay you did so what part of directing do you like? Like, what was it that you were like, oh, I love this is... the. I think it's just you're taking someone's words, whether they're your own or the screenwriters, and you get to translate that onto film, but you have so much power in what that looks like. Like, you're making every decision as to, like, what does this set look like? What are these people wearing? You know, how are they delivering these performances? But I also like the idea of trusting good people to do their jobs. Ooh, come on with that. Yeah. 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 So if you in an ideal situation, would you direct something you were also starring in? I don't know if I'd want to star in it, but I'd love to have like a bit part in it. This is this is what I say to people all the time, because when people come for the people who are like uh, like when Ben Stiller was able to both star in and Mm -hmm. write and direct people be like, oh, like that's the way to do it. I don't know how you divide your brain like that. Like, how do you say cut to a scene you're in? Well, I mean, I think isn't like your your AD is doing that they're You're, directing you right they're supposed to but mm-hmm. in the outtakes that i've seen of him he's like oh, for tropic yeah. under he would say cut in his own scenes yeah i think I'll, that's how i would probably do it too i would really like, yeah i if i because it's just like with improv you cut your scenes yeah that's right so yeah. it's like and i think i have a good instinct for that because mm. i would in shows i would be like the sound and lights person and you just like develop that muscle that's right so, yeah, so it can be hard to sometimes just as a creative person watching other creative things and you're like, oh, this should have ended here. Or this should have, you know, mm-hmm. gone. Let us sit in this a little bit longer. Yeah, that's thing. Yeah, I ran lights at, uh, at an improv school that I went to and I found that to be enormously helpful for knowing how to edit. And um, I credit myself with Key and Peele getting picked up because I ran lights for their show before it became what it was. So it you're was welcome, you, gentlemen. Obviously. obviously, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, okay, so why Taco Bell over everything? Oh my gosh, why not? Why does any other fast food chain exist? Listen, there's no point. It has everything. No McDonald's it, coffee though. All the oh, I don't drink coffee. I know because you're don't come person. for me. Yeah, people. I'm coming for you right now. <laughs> I thought you know a funny little bit. I as a child, I tried coffee and hated it. Okay. And my grandparents were like, "Oh, you're 
this is for grownups. It's a grown-up drink. So in my mind, I thought, oh my gosh, when I turn 18, I'm going to love coffee. And so like literally the day I turned 18, I went and got a cup of coffee because I was like, today's the day. This is it. And it was horrific. <laughs> and uh, I've tried like frou-frou, that's what I call them, frou-frou drinks yeah, yeah. since then, like anything. But I I don't like that coffee taste. That those Anything that's like, it's mocha ice cream. no. I can't. I can't, can't do, do it. it. Well, it's kind of like wine, I guess. Like it's the effects, right? So it's like wine tastes like you know not great too. And then eventually <laughs> you're like, yeah, but three glasses in, and I'm like, wine is yeah. good. Yeah, and I, feel I don't like, do any caffeine now. So at all, I, no greasy. So I couldn't do like I would really be upset if I tried to do coffee and caffeine. Greasy. You you work full time. You yes. perform. Yes. You are in school how are you how are you doing I think, that so i learned recently this was after i gave up caffeine but i learned that it doesn't actually give you energy it, it just doesn't. blocks those receptors to your brain that tell you you're tired that's right um it could be my like drug of choice for caffeine is um or used to be i'm sober from caffeine now the coconut berry red bulls I oh mean, those red bulls were intense phenomenal those taste so good because they don't have that gasoline red bull taste <laughs> no offense red bull. no offense. don't sponsor this podcast i'm not into your but the coconut selling. berry is like amazing oh my gosh wait so how long did it take you to get rid of the headaches and stuff if you detox out because that's caffeine so on last level. year i started it and that it took like i mean for the first three days i had a headache the entire three days yeah nothing took it away and it was miserable um and then i did one of those things where I was like, but I'm fine now off of caffeine, so I can have a little. And then I got reeled back into my Red Bulls. And then I stopped again, and it was like two weeks this time. And I was like... Two weeks of a headache? Of a headache, where I was like, Gracie, um, you're having withdrawal? Yeah. Which means you had an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, boy. I know I'd have the same I can't thing. touch it, because I, I know. I know I'll just go extreme with it. Okay, well, what you were answering was why Taco Bell. So why Taco oh, Bell? Oh, why Taco Bell? Because <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. I didn't know that. Yes. And so... I'm learning so much about you. You can literally... I mean, just anything that they have, just replace it with beans, and you're, like, good to go. Like, tacos, repla- potatoes, or beans, replace it, you know? And they'll do that there? Oh, yeah. They, I mean, I have the app. I'm, like, an avid... You're a big Taco Bell person. Yeah. So you can customize literally anything. How long have you been a vegetarian? Um, Since 2018. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And what, you didn't have goose yet. So like what made you want to not eat meat anymore? (laughs) Uh, Watching documentaries. Okay. We can't get into it because it's going to upset me too much. And I used to be. No, and just knowing the like, the impact that it has on the environment. Sure. Really bothers me a lot. Yeah. 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 I used to be a vegetarian and then I gave up. So good for me. Well, it's also because it became cool and I didn't want to, I, I like bucking You're like, trends. forget it, I'm yeah. not going to be cool. Truly, like in high school, a hundred years ago, I was like, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. And everyone was like, you weirdo, oh, you're in the Midwest. I bet you have like the rebel in you. Yeah. Like those four personality things, you're like the rebel. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, they're doing it, I'm not doing it. Yeah, but I'm also a rules person. So when people yeah, no, break rules, I, I get too. mad. I'm the, same. I'm the rebel, but it's like I follow the rules. But I think the moment we can rebel, we're like, okay, this is... I'm taking this on because this is a hill I could die on and it not really have consequences. Oh, Gracie, we are Mm -hmm. super wired similarly. That's (laughs) good. We're going to take over the world. Good for us. Well, okay. So get us up to today. So today you are, you're doing post-production. You're also performing. You're also in school. So is your ultimate, what would be dream career scenario right now? I know you said boat improv, but like (laughs) put, put a pin in that. I'm talking like 
dream dream yeah what's your dream i think what i would really love is if people would come to me for jobs hell yeah (laughs) i get that like in my mind that's like the be all and like the epitome of working is you're not hustling to get a job they come to you and and you're paid like exponentially well from your lips Um, (laughs) yes girl yes that's like the dream so hanging up the grind and letting people come to you yes oh yes and would you keep writing scripts and stuff that you would eventually want to perform or would you rather someone else write them i think either or i think if when you're by like writing is such a solitary thing and sometimes it can get kind of you can feel crazy in your own work because you're not seeing the forest for the trees or whatever that's that's right that's right okay and you get such tunnel vision in it where you're like, is this even good anymore? But I think if, when you have a group of people you can like collaborate with, I never feel more creative than when I'm with like an improv troupe and we are, you know, doing, making stuff up and supporting each other like crazy. Then I can take that and go out and create more. That's such a good point. Yeah. There's no high like that when you, especially when the scenes go well and you all gel on stage. And there's no ego and everybody's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to support the scene. The crazy thing you made up, we are taking it to the moon and back together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, it depends on what school you're in and what stage you're on and who you're with, but that is magic. (laughs) Okay, folks. Well, we hope you enjoyed your apps. We're going to move on to the entrees after a quick break. We are back, and now it is time for the entrees. Okay, Gracie, you are a long-standing, long-time fan of the podcast, so you already know how this part works of the show. I keep saying of the podcast. You are a long-standing fan of the show. So here come the questions. What was your first job ever? I'm not even going to give you the qualifiers because you already know. What was your first job? Where the government. There you go. <laughs> Somebody's listening. Uh, well, that would be I worked at a restaurant, a local restaurant in my hometown. Are you comfortable saying the name? You don't have to. Mm, are we about to I drag them such a tiny town oh yeah don't yeah so okay. no okay what'd you do there i was like the salad and dessert person mm, that sounds awful <laughs> what does that mean it means when the waiters or waitresses come back to the kitchen they holler i have a six top or whatever and so then i make enough salad for six people oh because it was a salad came with every meal kind of yes. thing. yes and okay. then whatever dessert they ordered then i Really, I just prepped it. I didn't make those because it was like a family-owned ah. restaurant. So the wife always wanted to like she made these like cheesecakes and hmm. and um, bread pudding and stuff like that. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, we but, call that expo, right? You would be the expo person. They I just they call it the salad person. Oh, so <laughs> that's what. <laughs> so so I was like, cool. I'll cut up lettuce for. 12 hours on a Saturday Oof. and yeah. Would they tip you out the waiters and waitresses? No, never. Ooh. Yeah. So how you were making just minimum I wage? I was like in the kitchen, back in the kitchen. Yeah, I just made minimum wage and this was like in high school. So my last two classes every day, I left school early to go to work. <laughs> how is that possible? I had Mondays off though. We were closed Sundays and Mondays. So yeah, Tuesday through Friday I was doing that and then Saturdays I worked 10 to 10. Girl. Yeah. Wait, you, there's no way you were in sports then. Uh, I did play soccer. How? I did soccer too. There was no way I would have had time to work. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I played my senior year or not. I truly don't recall. But I did play in college, so surely I must have played. <laughs> you, you, you played co- soccer in college? Yeah. yeah you yeah, were yeah. good. What was your position? Forward. And, oh, you were and, fast. And goalie. 
Yeah. What a juxtaposition. Well, because you're just, if you're a goalie, you're just defending, you're do you're defending against the moves you know as a forward and vice versa. As a forward, you're hmm. just getting past the moves you know you would do as a goalie. Wow. That's, uh, I'm learning so much, Gracie. Okay. <laughs> Wait. So, okay. So somehow you managed to work six days a week. And play soccer. Five days a week. Five, wait, what were the, I thought you said you had... Only, I had Sundays and Mondays. Oh, though. Sundays and Mondays. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So why did the school say yes to you being let out? Or, that feels insane to me. I think there had to have been something where I like already had all my credits. Oh. And it Big was flex just crazy. like... You're smart. But I mean, then I also was in a class <laughs> called character education. And I would sleep a lot in that class. Because mostly what we did was like... It was the kind of class where they did the whole when it's prom time and they they scare the tar out of all the kids to not drink. So they're like, let's dress up other students like they're dead and you're not allowed to speak to them for the day. Or like, let's have an actual legitimate funeral. We did that. Or let's flip over all these cars. We did that too. Reenactment. Yeah. Dare so was we so serious. Yeah. yeah. When we weren't doing that, I was sleeping. And my, I think the teacher was just like, yeah, she's got to go to work. So it's That's fine. That's so insane. Yeah. Wait, who was, real quick to micro fo- focus on this because a listener of the show, uh, he and I had to perform this in high school where Mad came in and they like flipped over cars oh, in the parking yeah. lot and we had to pretend like he was dead and he was yeah. my boyfriend. Uh, is that who came in and did the, the for that character class? No, it was like just uh, like character like character ed. That was like the program. Like you had to try out to get into it and stuff. So it was a performance class. Like did you you got only credit? that part was performance. The rest of it was like the rest of the only thing else I remember doing from it is like every month. This is so weird, but every month we would take like, like if it was October, we'd take like ghosts and pumpkins and we'd write the students' names on them and then like put them all over the hallway. So then every student could like have their, like a themed thing. But that's all, besides that and the prom stuff, that's all I remember doing. That's so interesting. So the class, what would it count as a credit towards? Mm Mm-mm. It's just I a class. Know. I don't know. So the, so the teacher would let you sleep. God yeah. bless. Okay. Were you, was this private school or public? No. Girl. I know. I figured it would be like, Okay. Come on now. Well, that's I just a grew up in a town of like 3,700. Your so. town is smaller than my town. Yeah. It was wow. 3,704 at the time. It's bigger now. Wow. But yeah. Was there a Taco Bell in your town? No. What? Robbery. I think that there is now, but there was There not. wasn't at the time. Mm-mm. Okay, so you take so you're doing that in class. You're also working. Mm-hmm. So the restaurant job, how long did that last? I think I was there like almost a year. It was like mostly my oh. senior year, and then I left when I went to college. And I don't think I've ever worked <laughs> in a restaurant since, and I'm grateful. <laughs> Why? Why are you grateful, Miss Gracie? Um, because I got sexually harassed really Ooh, hard. Ooh, like how? Um, so hard somebody got fired. Whoa! Care so, to elaborate? Yeah, there was like. The way the kitchen was set up was like my salad station was up against the wall and then the grills or stove, whatever, the oven tops were behind me and then the cooks were behind that, but they were facing me and my back was to them. Uh So they would like to look at me and take like food bits and throw it at me and whatever part of my body it hit, they would like give each other different amount of points. Wow. And then, I mean, it was just a lot of stuff like that. The the climate of the time was telling me, like, this isn't okay, but I also don't have the vernacular to speak up against this. And then one day it just, like, really got to me. I can't remember. I mean, they were always, like, soliciting for something, but I was really upset by something one of them said. And then there was a waitress there who was, like, in her 40s, and she was, like, kind of a mom to mm-hmm. me, I guess, and one other girl. And she saw I was upset and she was like, what's wrong? And then I told her what had happened. And then she reported it to like the management. So they pulled like all three of the guys in there. 
And I don't know why like one of them got fired and not all of them. Mm-hmm. But then also that guy was really <laughs> mad at me for it because he was like, I thought we were friends. And I was like, I think your definition of friendship and my definition of friendship are wildly, wildly different. different. And I don't appreciate like, you know, they would do the whole like, oh, I got to brush up against you as I walk past, even though like you definitely don't, you know, mm. just God bless of inappropriate, yeah. gross things and the hard part with that is like god bless the aunties at restaurants who have been there for a while and are willing to not tolerate the nonsense because i think it's tough because some of the flirtation of working in restaurants Mm. can be super fun and it can be you know there's a 17 yeah (laughs) yeah and i think that there's that line of Look, if all of your contemporaries were, you know, around mm-hmm. between 17 and 25, it's kind of like, yeah, there's that weird charge time and whatever, still not justifying that behavior. But there is a fun flirtation at restaurants. But there is that line where it's like, no, now this has become a situation where I'm uncomfortable to come into my job yeah. or I know that this is and I've said this so many times especially with the cooks, because the cooks, if you are a server, they can really decide whether or not you get tipped in that they can really mess up a meal on purpose for you. And I've had that happen many, many, many times where the cooks just didn't like me because I wasn't willing to To do their nasty. Yeah. (laughs) And then they would just purposefully mess up rest or mess, mess up orders. So I think there's that it's such a tough line to walk, but God bless that auntie for sticking yeah. up for you. And well, and especially like those guys were like in their forties. Yeah, gross and extra gross. They knew I'm, better. I know that there was like a lot of other yuckiness going on, but it's like I think I've just been like I'm over it. It's out of my memory. So I'm, but I do remember the food bits thing just because I was like, you guys aren't even trying to hide it at this point. Yeah, you know. Well, good. I'm glad that somebody got fired and whatever. Okay, so you did that. How many customer service jobs have you had total? I, that's, well, I had to make notes. Good. Okay. So I did that at the restaurant. I delivered phone books for a day. Ooh, <laughs> Does that count as customer yes. service? Why just a day? <laughs> because it was the most horrific thing that no one should ever have to do. Why? I mean, I was like 18 and I got called for what they told me was an interview. So they're like, okay, come to this interview. But it, it turns out it was like an orientation to just watch a video. And then you, then they would... So you're in a room with like these other people. You're watching a video on the orientation of delivering phone books, like the etiquette of, okay. of placing a phone book up against someone's door. So That's, it's not chuck it right at the door, no, I guess. No. Okay. And then immediately they ushered you like through this warehouse outside and they were like, okay, pull your car up. How many phone books do you want? Here's your route. And then they would like load up your car with phone books that aren't even bagged or anything. They're like all still in like this all separately i don't know there was like a phone book and then there was like a couple other books that went with it and then bags they specifically wanted you to put it in so it's like you had to then like open everything up put them in a particular order in these bags and then deliver it to your route and my route was just like back roads in oklahoma city and i had like an 89 corolla that was barely (laughs) hanging on and was absolutely terrified you know driving up to these strange like a single trailer sitting on 40 acres of land you know not what me as a young woman wants to be doing at dusk i wouldn't want to do that now yeah. there's a lot of guns yeah. in that part of the so country I was like um i did it for hours and then i was and i could not even fin- like there were so many you know books that they wanted me to deliver and then i was like i'm done and i made six dollars for the whole day for the day for the day why just six i think it was some kind of commission of like however many you deliver is what you make money on. 
How many did you deliver? Do you remember? No, I just remember being terrified. No, that's <laughs> no good. Okay, you did that. And, that, and then what was after that? Um, I worked at a plus size clothing store in the mall. Now, m- listeners, you can't see Gracie. She she is a tiny human, and I am not coming for our our plus size individuals. Uh, I imagine it was probably not ideal to have you working there because it could have seemed. I mean, truly, I think that if you were working in a plus size clothing store, you you yourself yeah. should be plus. They can't yeah. obviously they can't hire discriminatorily, right? And they can't only hire your hire right. you if you're above a certain size. But I feel like that should be a prerequisite. Yeah. Well, and, just to preface, I was like twice my size than I am now. In still college. small. <laughs> still small. Keep going. Um, and yes, that job was. Not my favorite. Okay. <laughs> ever. Um, man. Um, okay. I hope you're not afraid of the dark because we're about to go in. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go in there. So is that a mall, right? The worst thing. Okay. Well, let me start with like, yes, the customers did not love it that I wasn't this reflecting the same size. Sure. Understandably now. Obviously, I'm like 18 years old. Don't know. Just needed needed a job and was hired. So I would have a lot of customers who would be because you had to fold their clothes and stuff as you were checking them out. You had to fold their clothes, put them in the bag. And so they would get angry because you have to like hold them up against you to like fold them. And obviously I'm not. Oh, so they wait, the wait, clothes wait. are like lar- reflecting a larger than me size and perhaps then their projection of how they are feeling is now going to be on me so when you say hold it you mean you would like hold the pants against your body to be able to yeah that's how they wanted us to do it that seems like shitty okay and so so they would see that would you would they have a response audibly one lady was got really mad i remember one time and she was like because it was like her like underwear or something and so she was like oh my gosh just wad them up and put them in the bag and i was like bless her sure yeah (laughs) whatever no problem um and then one time a, a customer a lady sang sang this song she's like one of these things is not like the other, like about me, but <laughs> I, like, <got> it. <laughs> I was checking her out. So it was like obvious. And then another one complained to my manager once, like right next, like I was checking somebody out. My manager was checking somebody out. And then the lady was like, how can you let her work here? And she's not even this size. Oh, they were like being so direct. Oh, they were very adamant about it. Yeah. So then my manager wow. was like, well, we can't discriminate against her because of her size. It'd be like we. It'd be like saying we can't let a man work here. And we did have a guy who worked there, too. Um, it, it was. I didn't know it, but that mall was like the bad mall in Oklahoma City. What does that mean? Like the ghetto mall, I guess. It's like no, you don't go to that mall to shop or do something, or hang out. And also, like we would have, there would be a a, a guy who would call every now and then to enjoy himself over the phone. No, Gracie. While he asked you about the boots that were in stock. Would you have, knowing that this guy was going to regularly call, would your managers be like, you don't have to do this? Yeah. So the, one of the managers I work with, she was the one who like warned me about it. And she was like, like she wanted to just take, take the phone calls at any time. And mind you, she was like 21. So I'm like 18. She's 21. We're both babies. Young babies. Yeah. But yeah, he would just, he'd always start the conversation the same way and he'd be like, Oh, I want to ask about like shoes in stock. And then he would be like, got any boots? Like that was his like go-to line. And that's how you always knew it was him. And she would hang out. So yeah. Okay. So how long did you last at the, so the mall was, was just because it was like not an, it wasn't an upscale mall. So this was, so did you feel unsafe? uh Um, because there was a shooting right outside our store and I was working. (laughs) Oh boy. 
Okay. Uh, what happened? So it was like closer to closing time. And then I heard these shots, but it's like when your brain tries to justify yep. something that's out of context. Yeah, like, like fireworks. In my mind, I'm like, I'm in, this, I'm in a store. There's not That's not a gun. Somebody dropped a couple of boxes. Yep. It really did sound like that, even though yep. it was right outside of our store. Now, and when then, you say outside the store, this was not an outdoor mall. This was an mm-hmm. indoor mall. So mm-hmm. somebody walked into, into the, the indoor covered mall yeah. and literally stood in front of your like brick and mortar. Yeah, so we had like... Um, it was like a t- two-level mall. So mm-hmm. we were on the second level. And right outside of our store is like where that where like a balcony type thing is to overlook the bottom level. Sure. So it was like that open space. So I think like the person was down there and then the security or police or whoever were up on our balcony. And then I later found out it was like them shooting him because he had like a gun. The kid, it was a kid. It was He was like 15. And what? in a gang, I guess. It was some kind of gang initiation thing. And so then the police or security whoever shot this kid and killed him jeez and it like messed me up in a way i was never prepared for like you see violence and stuff on in movies and i watch a lot of svu so i'm like i can handle this (laughs) me too i can totally handle it (laughs) and then turns out you cannot when Mm -hmm. it's real life Mm -hmm. like because i saw like this kid and and the blood and everything and like could not handle the idea of like he was alive minutes ago and someone decided you're not going to be alive anymore and he is gone from the face of the earth. How did you see his body if he was not in front of your store but the cops were? Like, did you go look over the balcony? No, so, okay, sorry. Let me preface this. So, I... They, we locked our gate, you know, and we were hiding in the back. Because at the time, we have, like, no idea what's going on. We just think it's, like, a person with a gun in the store. And we're, like, trying to keep our customers safe, like, all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot for me as a little freshman in college. That'd be a lot for me now. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. So, and then afterwards, it's, like, so when they finally, you know, let us know it was clear, um, they basically just, like, closed them all after that, obviously. But it was, like, already kind of closing time. So, anyway, everybody left. And we still had to, like, close out our registers and, like, take the money to the other end of the mall and deposit it. And so I didn't see the kid, like, in person because I was like, I don't want that etched in my memory. Yeah, you don't forget that. But where we went to deposit the money was, like, there was a huge security booth there with just a bunch of screens. And they just had that a still image of that kid lying there that then I could not every single day that I passed and I would look at that spot. It was like my, my body, my eyes could not look at where that kid was to almost just be like, I, cause I knew nothing, but I knew it was a human life, you know? So it's like, almost just like, I need to remember, I'm going to witness that like you were here. I want to just honor the idea that like you were a person who was here this is where your last moments were now he could have been like a terrible human i don't know i don't know that so i don't need to like judge off of that but yeah it was it just like affected me in a way i was never prepared for so how long did you end up staying at that job i think i started like in the fall and i left in the spring and when did the shooting happen i honestly don't remember actually no i i sorry i think i stayed there almost a year because wow. yeah the the shooting happened in the summer i remember because i was still living on campus at the time and there was like nobody else on campus really there sure. was like me and like two other people so i remember that it was it was that and then and i was just like what do i like my life was changed today and everybody else is still going on like normal wow and it was so weird to be like 
I see the flow of humanity moving on, but I have stepped outside of it mm. because of this moment. And it was just weird. That's real. Yeah. So did you, so <laughs> bring it down. I told you, no, I go into the dark. Listen, it's real. It's very real. And, uh, that would destroy me for working in retail yeah. ever again. Was that your last retail job? I think so. Yeah. yeah that would have been my last as yeah. well. That's intense. Okay. So after you did that job, yeah. what, how many other customer service jobs um, do you have beyond that? So then after that, I want to say I did, I was like, so then I started working on campus. So I was like a teacher's assistant. I did like four jobs i worked four jobs at once so i was a teacher's assistant i was a resident assistant i was a tutor and i um ran all the tech for our school for like their um <laughs> you're looking at me like even, i'm crazy i don't know what that means ran all so the tech we did like a satellite program basically so like before zoom before like anything remote ever even existed on the face of the earth our campus which was a very tiny campus did like night classes and they would allow for like over the internet classes to other locations there that used to be really frowned upon and people had a lot of mm -hmm. attitude about like university of phoenix and like b b universities yeah. that were all online yes and yet that here we are but that's interesting yeah. so you would be the person that was yeah, making so sure like, the way they did it was like the teacher is in class with students in class and then on the they have a television that live streams that it. live streams everything yeah, so, like, my job was to go in and set it all up before their classes started and then troubleshoot any issues they had and then make sure everything was closed down once they were done with class. Gracie, that's too many jobs at a school. Because I also need to know, so you were the fun police because you were the RA. Yeah, I was the RA. Did you break up parties all the time? No, because it was a Christian campus. Oh. So, like, they were going to party off campus. Smart. Thing. Very yeah. smart. Uh, so, what was the weirdest thing that happened when you were RA? Um, go well. So, uh, it's Christian college, so they're like guy side and girl side. Okay, so like you couldn't go over to the side of the other gender after like a certain after like ten p.m. or something in the same dorm, or you mean in the same part of the camp, like half part of, of the, the campus. campus? Yeah. Good night. So like the student center was in the middle of the dorms, and so one side was the girl side and one side was the guy side. Interesting. Yeah. So it was like if anybody was like, oh, I think I saw a girl over the other side go in this other room. Then, like, I would have to... I would get one of my guy RA friends and be like, oh, can we go check this? You know, because it, it, what it was is, like, you... The student center, you worked shifts at, basically, like, in the evening. Because when people left campus, if they weren't going to be back on campus by, like, 10 or whatever, they had to call the student center and be like, I'm at piggly wiggly and i'll <laughs> literally i don't know why i said that, that that's a real but that's a but real i'm business. here with this person this person this person and they'd be like okay and we'd write it on a chart and so then we'd give that to like the security which mind you also the security was just another student who like dressed in a security uniform and drove a school van that's insane yes i as i'm speaking all this out loud i realize how insane <laughs> this yeah. all is yes so i we all have to take turns on shifts. So everybody would be like, oh, I want Monday night. I want whatever. And I always chose Friday night because one, I knew it would be open. And two, I could stand staying up late on Friday night and sleeping in on Saturday because I was like, I do not want to have to be here till 2 a.m., you know, on a Monday night and then whatever. Um, anyway, so if I was working and then I would have like one of the guys go over and check a dorm with me or whatever. But then we got kind of scared and like we kind of like knocked on somebody's bedroom door and then we're like, they're not answering. Let's just go. Like we don't need to yeah, know if how they're, are like, you gonna in there having sex. Yes. Like, if they are, they are like, I don't want to be that person. And then 
That's like, also a fully ad- adult, like right, but you staffed sign, person. But it's like a Christian college, so you, like you sign the little like these are the rules of the campus. We're gonna respect this. I whatever, get it. So. that part. I get. Yeah, but having the enforcement of that be other like eighteen year olds. That's insane. To <laughs> yeah, me. like that's how orgies start. First of all, yeah, and second of all, what? Like yeah, that's so, an adult's job. Well, and I remember too one time I was like, so the way the dorms at the time were set up, it was like four people were in a dorm but every person had like their own bedroom but you shared like a living room and a bathroom and you could not have someone of the opposite sex in your bedroom area they could be in your living room but only at a certain time only like open dorm hours and i was visiting a friend in her dorm and then the girl across from her her door was closed but then i heard her boyfriend in there singing and i was like come on man in there with chelsea and she was like i don't don't know know. yeah and i was like i knocked and she was like also like had been an ra previously so then it was just weird because i was like man i was like come on guys now you know like i have to go write you up and they were like yeah we know like everybody was like because i think they knew like i was cool about it not like okay with you breaking the rules but they were just like yeah like i mean i had to one of my best friends who was on the soccer team with me she had like stuffed her dorm room full of alcohol and we like weren't allowed to have alcohol on campus even though like she was of age so then i had to like deal with that because i was her ra but she was also she was like yeah you got to do what you got to do you know and i was like because everybody just knew like that's how i rolled they were just like she's not like being a jerk or being nasty or like trying to get people in trouble like you're not being the fun police you're just being the rule enforcer yeah it's like yeah you know whatever like she's got to do this well you're also subject to the same rules so it's not like you're having a guy in your room and making everybody else follow the rules it's like no you're following the same rules yuck what made you pick being yeah. an ra because you got free well, you rent got, or free whatever Well, they say it's free room and board it's it's not, not it's not free at all but i i enjoyed like the people i worked with and but i mean yeah the room and board was a big factor because here i am working four jobs too girl it's too <laughs> pay much for this pay for this schooling so yeah so that. you work that that gets you through college yeah. and then have you had any customer service jobs since so then, then? I, I worked in a preschool for a really long time. Aww. Really long time. And then also simultaneously at one point worked for an alarm company um, fielding calls for alarms. Crazy. Which I, I do not recommend anybody in their right mind to. Anybody who is um, soft-hearted like I am, yeah, don't do that. Why? Because you just hear People a terrible People just scream shit. at you over the phone all no. the time. No, I'm too vulnerable. Yeah, because no. they're angry that their alarm is going off and... And, like, the company I worked for, they didn't just field the calls for their own alarm systems. They did it for other alarm companies as well who, I guess, didn't have call centers. And mind you, by call center, we had three of us doing this for 12-hour shifts. Gracie, why do you like these shifts that are punishing you? Like, there's a reason labor laws allow for eight hours of work. That's punishment. Well, at the time, so it was like three days on, four days off, four days on, three days off. But I'm also working at the preschool at the same time. Like, any days I have off that are Monday through Friday, I needed the money. Like, I needed money. I necessities of mother of invention yeah like you know rely on and they're supposed to train they're supposed to train you for a long time and i think i had like three days maybe where i was like sitting with someone else fielding calls and then they were like you got it you know what somebody didn't call somebody called in today like you can do and it's like this is why you have such huge turnover and burnout and they say the same is true for 911 operators oh it was miserable like 
I think I did it for like four months. And then it got to the point where, so they'd constantly have a television on playing the news. So I'd come in at like 6 a.m. And I would hear like, there was like a murder on the north side of town, you know, sounds. And I was like, oh my gosh, did they have our alarm systems? And they probably triggered our alarms. And like, maybe we didn't field the call correctly. And they died because of that. So my brain was like, busy. "Ah, I can't do it. (laughs) And, And yeah, but the way it worked was like, because you're fielding calls from other companies, they have other separate pro- protocols. So you have to learn every single alarm system Gracie. protocol of like, because most of them it's like, okay, the alarm rings through. So you call the first number they have on their list, right? And if that person answers, they can give you whatever code. And then you're like, okay, cool. I won't dispatch the police. But if you call and either they don't have the right code or they don't answer, you have to immediately call the police and then it, Go keep going down their list of people, which was so frustrating because nine times out of ten, the next call that you made, the person was like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. Cancel. They're with me. Here's the code, whatever." Yeah. And then you had to call the police back and be like, "Nah, cancel that, you know, or whatever." Um, but then a lot of people have a misconception that you can just remotely turn off their alarm. <laughs> yeah, I thought you from, could. There's not none of these that none of these companies you could. So you'd have people just screaming at you about like while you hear the alarm going off in the background for them instead of just giving you their code them giving you their code word they're screaming at you to turn off their alarm and like cussing you out and there was a lot of people from new york no offense new york people but they are no harder, they're harder than i am yeah and i'm rude. i'm a soft little gal yeah so it was it was a lot for my tender little heart like they would scream curse words at you yeah. and be like you turn this off yeah and, and then like hang up and so well, then i'm like well now i have to call the police and then some of the alarm systems they you immediately have to call the police and then you have to go down the list no matter what was, no matter what yeah so then they'd be like mad too that like police came or whatever but i'm like like does your company not explain to you this is like their protocol you know or and then also it's like you also have to make sure if they give you a code word that it's like the correct one because they also have code words for like panic you know for like i'm faking it and you need to dispatch the police so how on earth were you meant to know that because there's like a there's like accounts that you pull up so if so they like, if it's a, if they say pineapple and that actually means they're fine, but if they say banana, yeah. Yeah. there's a so murder behind them. That happened to me them. once where the lady was like banana, Angelo banana. or whatever it was, and so I immediately had to dispatch, and I'm like having to do it like secretly just in case there's somebody listening or whatever to her, and then this is too I was much like, pressure. I was like, you're sure that it's that? Like you have to ask them or whatever. You really and mean then, Michelangelo? Yeah, I was like, you really mean that, Michelangelo? And she was like. Oh, no, I mean our other one. But then it's like, but then because the police are just, you know, then I can't. And then we also took care of a lot of banks and ATMs. And there was one specific ATM that every single day the alarm would go off. So then you have to call this person and they tell you whether to disregard or dispatch out to this ATM. And then one time there was like a bank vault and I guess they were testing it. So if they test it, they're supposed to call you and then... There's like a big television screen that has all the calls that are coming in. And what happens is you don't choose whatever call comes to you. It just comes it pops up on your screen from the television. So you can also see like which ones are waiting for you. And so there are a certain like color or something that lets you know there it's a bank that's testing it. And they didn't do that. So I had to like dispatch out to the bank vault. Because it says it's the vault too that's going off and not just their office. So yeah, I'm doing <laughs> And so then, of course, they're like angry, you know, but I'm like, I, well, sorry. Like if, if the Joker was there robbing you, you would have been happy <laughs> that I dispatched. So, 
Wait, so I, I guess I don't understand why the other alarm companies mm-hmm. wouldn't have their own dispatches because I feel like what if it's a Friday night and it's a holiday yeah. and everything's happening at once? Oh, I mean, that happens. You so know? what do you do? You just put them on hold, much like 911? that's what it is. It's like they're, there's just, they're sitting up on the board. Kind and of just thing. waiting. Yeah. So someone could be actively being stabbed because their yeah. alarm is going off and y'all are like, give us a minute. We gotta I mean, because you, you can't pull down other calls. Like you have to like oh, they just do come whatever in to, yeah, they come in a certain order and you had to like, basically finish that call and sometimes then you had to like write notes so you hear that other calls are going off you know but you're like i have like it's protocol you know like this is serious business oh it's so insane you know and then there was like times where (laughs) this was so weird but it was like i remember one day it snowed and we kept getting we got I mean, just dozens and dozens of calls, like right away at 6 a.m. And it'd be all these people who are like, oh, I just went out to look at the snow and I didn't turn my alarm off. Where I was like, okay, cool, because maybe the next caller is Is being bludgeoned, but cool, you just wanted to check out some flakes. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you enjoyed that. Hope it snowed on your little head. You really couldn't turn your alarm off before you ran out barefoot into the snow. Oh, that's how I picture that. I picture them all like out there barefoot in their nightgowns. Doing snow angels. I'm like, come on. (laughs) <laughs> you're like people's lives are literally at stake i think i guess because for myself until this very moment i've been in houses well, my house didn't have this but i've been in many houses with alarm systems yeah. and there have been a couple that have gone off like especially when i house it or whatever yeah. and i i never did the math of you are actually pulling a resource that could be responding yeah. to a real call yeah. i just assumed oh there's probably five people that have this you know alarm system in their house yeah what are the odds but especially right. in a city like LA where the numbers are massive I'm curious so was there a situation where you got a call and you could tell the person was absolutely in the middle of some real panic and terror I'm trying to think if that ever happened or not like there was I mean there was one where it was like we had notes on this person's account where it was like his ex-wife was not well. An unwell woman and would like harass him and break into his home a lot. Woo-hoo. And so there was like a specific protocol for just for him, wow. for his account, even though it was like not what the company's thing was, but it was like, I guess because everybody knew and police were involved. So there, I do remember his popping up a lot. And there was like one time where it was, ac- it was actually her doing something and not just his like motion detectors or whatever going off. And then there was like another one where it, the person was like a shut in and I think they were like hurting themselves, but somehow they had like had the wherewithal to like set off their alarm I guess. To alert that they had hurt themselves. Yeah. Like, and wow. I think they had like purposely harmed themselves uh. at this point. So then it was, it was like stuff like that where it was just like, okay, I'm working 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. doing this. Now I need to just like go home and go to bed because I have to wake up at 6, you know, I have to not even wake up, but be here at 6 a.m. to do this again. And it just. Emotionally, I just don't think I could sign up for that kind of roller coaster. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would be burnt out so yeah. fast. Well, of course, like the way they sell it to you is not even that at all because it's one they shouldn't do 12 hour shifts that's insane i mean it shouldn't even be eight hours no i don't think the working day should be eight hours to begin with but (laughs) don't get me started six yeah (laughs) a heavy a heavy six is good for me um but yeah like and i remember too there like people would quit a lot you know so there was one guy he would just work constantly and so what they would do too is they were like if you were gonna just keep picking up shifts there was like a hotel nearby and they would just like buy you a hotel room so you could go over there and sleep for a while 
and then come in and or if the weather was going to be inclement like if it was snowing or whatever they'd be like oh well we got you a hotel room right here next door so you have to stay here but it was like okay well i don't have like and bring my clothes yeah and i this this 9 36 an hour i'm making is not I'm not going to justify this. Was there mental health support where they would say, no. hey, you're going to see these calls. You're going to hear something. So how did you handle that emotionally? I think, too, it's like bonding with your coworkers. Oh, you're, you're, in, all, you're in the shit you're together. You're like trauma bonding yes. together in a way that you didn't know was possible. So it's like, and uh, two of the ladies I worked with were like t- wonderful, like very fun to be with. One girl had done dispatch. She actually like was from California and she had done dispatch out here. And then, but there was another girl too, who like was not a great coworker and just is one of those people that in her life, she probably didn't have power anywhere else. So this uh, was her place to like exercise, really exercise her yeah. power. <laughs> and really she did it every chance she got over nothing. So, I can't stand those kind of yeah, people. I, can't, so I hate that, those kind of people. That was like the worst person ever to work with. But everybody else, I think, it's like we all knew like we're in this terrible situation together. But at the same time, you don't. But it, a lot of people, too, it's like they've got kids. So they're like, this is what I have to do to put food on the table or, you know, get my daughter her prom dress. You know, just, this is what I'm about to do. Yeah. I think... These jobs aren't discussed enough and they really fascinate me because I think of the emotional toll because there is a cortisol release that happens mm-hmm. when you're hearing someone panicked on the other line, whether it's a friend, family member, mm-hmm. like even if it's not your job, if you get a panicked phone call, there's no way that your blood pressure doesn't rise right. short of you, you being associated. But you can't because yeah. you're going to hear it and you're like, oh, I have to, I'm going to match this. Yeah. So I guess for me, well, in these jobs, which I'm just realizing right now would be so hard is the... I'm up here, I'm up here, I'm up here, mm-hmm. click. Mm-hmm. I'm up here, I'm up here, I'm up here, click. That that up and down, Yeah, you must have gone home and just barely been even able to make it to your bed before mm-hmm. you'd fall asleep. Like yeah. I can't, but also you're riding on the vibration of the chaos. Right. So there's a come down from that. To, I mean, girl. Yeah, it was a lot of um, anxiety that just, yeah, the vibration just yeah. rung in there hard. And I didn't, like I didn't know that at the time that that's what was happening to me or that my nervous system was not regulating itself and it was due to this kind of thing and it was just what got you attracted to that job like did you just saw an ad um no a friend of mine her boyfriend worked there and and she was like oh yeah you know they were looking for recruits they pay more than like what we were making at the preschool and you got overtime if you did like the four days like the day the weeks that you had four days on that was overtime. So that, you know, sounded appealing. And and they, of course, made it sound like, it's so easy. You just do these calls and you do whatever and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, oh, but what they should preface is like, if you're a Pisces, like, don't do that. That's me. <laughs> like, That's me. Couldn't do it. So you're, so why, so financially you had to have simultaneously the alarm company job and the preschool job. Yeah. Because you just needed it that much. Right. So how were you able to have the energy to deal with little rugrats all day? And then yeah. go hear about people dying on the phone. Yeah. I don't understand. It's too much. Like I couldn't, I, I cannot. Think- okay, folks, that's going to do it for us here at Service from Hell for part one with writer, director, and improviser Gracie Simmons. Join us next week where she gets into even more juicy stories of all of the ways she sold her body to be able to pay for art. 
Yeah, I'm not joking. Thank you folks so much for listening. Good night. Good night.